talk about something for just a little while and uh, uh, have the opportunity and the time left to go and, and celebrate this day that's set aside to honor moms. And uh, uh, I used to sing the song every Mother's Day, be kind to your, it's an actual song, I didn't make it up, be kind to your web-footed friends. You ever heard that song? Would you like to hear it? No. Well, <laughs> be kind to your web-footed friends. For a duck, maybe it's okay. I'll get there. I'll get there. <laughs> She's already grimacing. I haven't even got past the first stanza. It's part of a larger song. I don't even know what the larger song is. I just remember this because it's a Mother's Day type lyric in a song. Be kind to your web-footed friends, for a duck may be somebody's mother. Did you ever stop and think about that? Okay. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> you, you won't forget this. Every Mother's Day, you'll think about, uh, you know, throwing some breadcrumbs out to a duck somewhere. Amen. Maybe over at Lettuce Lake today, this afternoon. Amen. We're glad you're here on Mother's Day uh, to celebrate moms. Uh, we all had had a mother, and uh, I'm, I'm so grateful to... Uh, uh, to uh, to be able to honor all the moms that are represented uh, every time we have a Mother's Day. This is so many years that we have done this. And uh, we want to move into this service so you can spend the day with your family and do whatever makes you the happiest. Amen. So uh, we don't want to not get the significance that uh, God wants us to get out of this day concerning himself. But we want to honor, give honor. The Bible said to give honor where honor is due. And when a day is set aside to honor moms, the, the honor is certainly due. Jesus said from the cross to those at the foot of the cross, uh, behold, thy mother. He wanted to make sure uh, that someone stepped up and stepped in and took care of his mother and was there for his mother. Isn't it amazing that while dying for our sins on the cross, he is wanting his mother to be cared for. Uh, they said, behold your mother. And he said, who is my mother? Uh, who is my brother, my sister? He was talking uh, about the universality of his love for mankind and fallen man included but he said behold thy mother to to one of those standing there so that uh, he was sure that his mother was going to be cared for and I think that's an incredible honor to moms today so moms we honor you Jesus honored you amen and and God honors you by relating his love in a practical way that we can understand it he he used you he used a good mother's love uh, to represent his love in a way that we could begin. I know his love is infinitely uh, above all the kind of love that we could comprehend it, because it's divine. But so that we could begin to get a grasp upon the kind of love he loves us with, he says, as a mother comforteth her children, so I will comfort you, O house of Israel. And he talks in those terms as we get ready to worship. We're going to try to incorporate the word into our worship. He speaks into those terms uh, when he, he says, Thou shalt be to the nation of Israel, his covenant people. Uh, thou shalt be, I will rejoice over you with singing. Singing a lullaby over a child. 
This is God Almighty. He's represented uh, in the male gender. But when he talks about his love for his covenant people, he always goes to the maternal love. He's got all that power, all of that might. And the reason that we can trust him to utilize that, release it in our behalf, is because he loves us like a mother. Amen. Hallelujah. As a mother comforteth her children, so I will comfort you, O house of Israel. I talked about the love of God and this aspect of it as a guest speaker in a, in a Baptist church one evening. Uh, and uh, I remember there was a little girl sitting on the front row with her grandmother, it looked like, and her dad and her mother. And uh, I said, have you ever been dandled upon her knee? Have you ever been dandled upon her knee? And a little girl didn't know what dandled was, you know. So I had to give an example of it to her. She was sitting on the second row, so I was able to walk back there and give her a, a, because the Bible said of covenant Israel, and I will rejoice over you with singing, and thou shalt be dandled upon my knee. Amen. Amen. And I told him about my grandmother dandling me upon her knee. I would get up on her knee. She's sitting in a chair, and she would sit me across her knee. My great-grandmother, oh, you know, my great-grandmother, she was great. She wouldn't let nobody touch me. She wouldn't. She just, she loved me. She let me get away with everything. She was a great Great grandmother, Amen, <laughs> Hallelujah. But but she would put me uh, up on her knee, and then she'd start doing it like a horse, ride a little horsey, go to town, ride a little horsey, and then she'd let me slide off her knee. Don't fall down, and I'd jump right back on her knee and jump right back on her knee because I love being dandled upon her knee. It's whatever you do to show that child your love and affection. Uh, and and from a mother's perspective. Now you say, how is that relevant to me today? Well, it's relevant to you because it's Mother's Day, and God wants you to know something about himself. Amen. Let me give you this first. Can I do this first so we can get out on time? All right, I'm going to do it first. Listen to this from the Word of God. Um, <laughs> I like this. Praise the Lord. Uh, some quotes about mother's love. L listen to Hosea 11 and how God relates himself to that. Listen, Hosea 11, 3 and 4. It says, yet it was I who taught Ephraim to walk. Hello? Yeah. I who took them up in my arms, but they did not know that I healed them. I led them with cords of human kindness with bands of love. I was to them like those who lift their infants to their cheeks. I bent down and fed them. Isn't that incredible? We're See, everybody say faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And we think by just reading scripture, faith is going to suddenly magically appear. The word of God is not just about promises. It's about a person. And the reason, listen, a promise is no good if the person isn't faithful. Hello? There's no way you can stand on a promise unless you really trust the person. A better word, if you don't incorporate the word trust, which is the Old Testament word for faith, 
And I like it better than the way faith is being used and misused and abused in the New Testament by many people. Because they think they call it a force within you. And it takes away the person and just makes a power within yourself that you personally develop. And you give your faith the credit for your victory instead of your God the credit for your victory. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God because it's through the word of God that you get to know the God of the word. Can you say man? And Mother's Day is to get a new revelation and a personal realization of God's perfect, powerful love for you. It's tender, but it's also tenacious. Listen to Deuteronomy 32 and verse 18. God talks about giving birth. It said, you were unmindful of the rock that bore you. You forgot the God who gave you birth. Isaiah 66, 13, God speaks of comforting. We mentioned that as a mother comforts her child. So I will comfort you. You shall be comforted in Jerusalem. When he, when he sends the Holy Spirit, he sends the comforter. Can you say, man? Isaiah 49, 15. He's compared to a nursing mother. It says, can a woman forget her nursing child or show no compassion for the child of her womb? Even these may forget, but I will not forget you. Hallelujah. Praise God. And that's reiterated. One of the names revealed to Moses of God was El Shaddai. And the word shad is the word for breast. And it literally means the many-breasted one. And it's talking about a God who, because he is El Shaddai, he also became known as, as the God who will provide. The many-breasted one. The God who is more than enough. <laughs> and, and because of that, he's made us more than conquerors. He's also uh, like a, a mother eagle. Deuteronomy 32, 11 and 12. Like an eagle stirs up its nest and hovers over its young, God spreads his wings to catch you and carries you on pinions. Praise God. He's also like a mama bear. Anybody ever been to Yellowstone anywhere? Anybody ever been where there's any bears in the wild? One thing they tell you, park ranger tells you, if, if you see particularly some cubs, they're so cute and cuddly, and you just see a cub bear somewhere, do not go over and try to pet or feed the cub bear. Because if there is a cub bear, there's a mama real close. And the mama is highly, highly, highly protective over that cub. Listen to what Hosea said about God as a mother bear. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, everybody say, uh-oh. Like a bear robbed of her cubs, I will, speaking of those who tried to hurt and harm his covenant people, I will attack them and tear them asunder. That's serious. That's serious. And that, that doesn't mean we take pleasure in that, but we understand that God takes it personal when someone touches one of his children. Amen. He let Paul know when you do it to one of those, you're doing it to me. 
Amen. And you're not going to do it anymore. You know, Paul was going to have to get saved. He had already been struck with blindness. He was very humble on that road to Damascus. Can you say, man, listen to me carefully. Who, Paul, why, why, do you, who, why are you persecuting me? He takes it personal. Listen, listen to this. I'm, I'm doing the upfront stuff so we can worship and, and go and enjoy Mother's Day together today. Is that all right with you? Is it okay if we get out in time to do that? That's why I'm doing it this way. Because if we worship a little bit and the holy anointing hits me and we, we love to be here half a day. We'd be here overtime. But the holy anointing came with me, so he's here today. I want you to say it again so we get the gist of this. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing by the word of God. It doesn't just come by opening up the Bible and reading anything. It comes in particular when we begin to get a revelation of God himself. Amen. I'll give you shepherds after my own heart and they will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Let not the uh, general knowledge. No, specific knowledge. And it's about a person. It's not about all the promises that he made. That's secondary because the promise is only as good as the person who made it. The Bible said in Hebrews chapter 11, Sarah, being past the age of childbearing, received strength to to conceive and bring forth a child through faith because she considered him faithful that promised Can you say, man, if you don't understand how faithful he is, then the promise, you'll never be able to stand on that promise. You won't be able to do that. You'll see it. You'll desire it. But all of the circumstances sometimes goes in reverse and you won't be able to stand in faith. You'll start doubting. You'll become double minded. What happens when we become double minded? We're like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. James said, let Oh, I don't like this part, but it's important that we understand the consequences of double-mindedness. Let not that man or woman, boy or girl, expect to receive anything from God. Can you say amen? So God wants us to know him well enough by revelation and personal realization that we get rid of this double-mindedness that's so prevalent in Christianity today. Amen. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea, driven by the wind and tossed. That means we are absolutely the victim of our circumstances. Whatever they are, we just go with it. We, we, we interpret God by the circumstances and we don't have patience to wait upon the Lord. We don't have faith to stand upon the word until the answer comes. Amen. Because we're going to the Bible not to know God. We're going to the Bible to find a promise to address our need and situation instead of a person. We're looking, we need healing and we're looking for a healing scripture. When we should be seeking the healing God and the healing Christ. You get in touch with the healer, you can get healed. You get in touch with the deliverer, you can get delivered. The counselor will give you the wisdom that you need, the answer that you need. 
But we need to seek a person. We need to know a person. I've often used Brother Taylor because he's just rolling in dough. And I, I, he la- I don't know why he's laughing. He's, he's rich in the Lord. But, but if, he was, if he was a multimillionaire and he said, I'm going to buy you a new, I, I usually use Escalade. It's just an expensive car. But there's a, it could be a Bentley. It could be any one number of those expensive cars out there. If he told me to meet me at the dealership Monday morning, I know him well enough. If I know he has the means to do it, the power to do it, the riches to do it, and I know that he loves me, and I know he's a man of integrity, a man of his word, I'm not going to sit at home and say, you know, I I might make a fool of myself if I show up at the dealership. There's no way I'm not going to sit home and doubt I'm going to get up at daylight. Amen. I probably won't even sleep the night before in holy anticipation. Well, it's not really holy, but you know what I'm saying. Amen. Would you be at the dealership? If a multimillionaire who said, I love you with all of my heart and I want to bless you. Would you show up at the dealership or would you sit there and say, you know, nothing good ever happens to me. Other people get blessed, but I don't. Or would you show up at the dealership so you could get what he wants you to have? Well, God wants you to show up. Amen. At his throne, God wants you to show up. God wants me to show up. God wants me to begin to trust him. I've been trying to get people to come out. Oh, I've been trying to get people to get in the word of God so the word of God can get in you. Amen. Holy Spirit was given to tell you the truth about God. Pastors were given to tell you the truth about God so you could come to know Him because they that know their God will be strong and do exploits. And your God loves you with with such a powerful love. It's a tenacious love, but it's also a tender love. So to express that love, he, He absolutely uses a mother to do it. So... <laughs> I I like this scripture. You know this by heart. We're doing the scripture first, by the way. We're going to worship so we can get out in time to to enjoy Mother's Day if you have your mother with you. I'm thinking of Kim today because I led her mother to Christ. And when her mother was getting ready to pass out of this world, she lost all interest in this world. I mean, her whole family saw the change in her. She was not trying to get healed. She just... She just wanted to go be with her family in heaven. And when she got saved, we, when she prayed the sinner's prayer, it was like just a big weight just lifted off of her. Kim was over there doing what we would do. We, we, we sorrow not as others who have no hope, but we do sorrow at the, at this prospect of not having our loved one. And, and Kim is over there, you know, she's just broken and she's crying. She, she, her mother's talking about going to heaven and going to see all her loved ones that are in heaven. And, and Kim's just, you know, and, and her mother looks over and says, Kim, get a grip. listen when the peace of god comes on you you understand what i'm saying she quit talking about earth and she quit talking about staying here she was she was wrapped up tangled up tied up in jesus and she wanted to go home and she wanted to see her loved ones and and at her funeral there was such an anointing 
Three people stood up and wanted one one to rededicate and two one to receive Christ as their Savior. And, and, and your boss was there. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. He got to hear the gospel. I don't know what his decisions were before he passed away, but he heard how to go to heaven. Can you say amen? And there was an anointing on that funeral, and it wasn't a mourning thing. It was uplifting because she absolutely got gloriously saved. Hallelujah. And and just like Moody said, earth recedes, heaven is drawing closer, and that's what happened in her life. Praise God. What what a what a but I think of Kim missing her. I think of you today. You only get one. And tell all these people that still got one. Amen. Appreciate her. Appreciate her. Appreciate her. Appreciate her today. And appreciate how if she was a good mother, God has used her sacrificing heart her loving heart to represent his heart and to show you something about himself. There's an old Hebrew word that describes what produces this kind of love in God, this agape, this tender but tenacious love, this love that both protects and provides and defends as a mother bear is robbed of her bear cubs. So I'll tear them into pieces if they mess with you. So, Christians, I want you to know vengeance is his. It's not ours. Amen. But God will repay. He's promised that. Amen. Woe unto them. He said it's impossible that offenses are going to come to you. But woe unto him through whom they come. Can you say amen? God's justice will prevail one of these days. It's been a long time coming, but it's coming. And the tribulation is when the cup of his indignation is full and he pours out that cup of his wrath. Friend of mine, I'm glad to know this God with this tender and tenacious love, love that will not let me go. You know this story, but I want to I want to talk some some chicken today before and it has nothing to do with Colonel Sanders. I want to talk about him. The heart of God today. Listen, listen to Matthew twenty three thirty seven. It's also found in Luke thirteen. Listen to it carefully. Jesus is the one that uses the illustration. You'll recognize it immediately. Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stone those that are sent unto it. How often have I desired to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you were not willing. This is Jesus who said, when you've seen me, you've seen who? You've seen the Father. And he's seen as a mother hen gathers her chicks under her wings. I would have done that for you. You wouldn't let me, but I was willing to love you. And protect you. Keep you. This is a Christian teacher's true story. And I'm going to quote it to you. Everybody say thank God for Christian teachers. Especially Michael. Amen. He's here today. Listen. This teacher said when I think about Jesus carrying. Strong protective instincts toward us. He's commenting on this verse of scripture first and a personal experience of a mother hen. I think of a story one of my students recently told me 
about one of her chickens. My student keeps a flock as a business and uses the eggs for her family and also to sell. At one point, one of her chickens disappeared from the coop and was gone long enough that my student thought this particular bird must be gone for good. Then after some time, the missing chicken reappeared. She marched out of the woods, leading a little row of chicks behind her. Turns out she was tired of having her eggs taken away every single day. She wanted a family. And so she left, she left, laid her eggs and hatched them, then brought them back to the safety of home. Leaving the flock was not a safe thing to do. My student lives in the Santa Cruz Mountains, an area that's anything than ideal for a flightless bird. It is home to coyote packs, foxes, even small mountain lion populations. Anyone who spent time in these mountains knows that birds of prey are always on patrol. Eagles, falcons, and hawks soar overhead during the day, and owls rule the night. I enjoyed the story, this teacher said, as a wonderful tale of determination and chutzpah. Amen. You have to get a kick out of the hen taking off into the wild woods, then marching her little family back to the coop. You can imagine her strutting as if to say, I'm back. Deal with it. Amen. Much later, I realized what a perfect picture of Jesus' rescue mission to earth the brave chicken's adventure was. He was safe, honored, had everything he could want or need in heaven. Yet he didn't have us. For the church, he had to go to the wilderness of earth. He had to do it in the fragile body of a human being. Charles Wesley's hymn said, He emptied himself of all but love. In fact, things went much worse for him than for the chicken. He was caught and killed by the predators that controlled this world, always seeking someone to devour. For him, bringing us back home to stay required dying the most painful of deaths. And so that's what he did. And like the domestic chicken who against the expectations returns safe from the haunt of foxes and mountain lions, he comes home triumphant, leading his children behind him. And that brings us to a scripture that I pray will help you. It has helped me more than any other Old Testament scripture with my New Testament faith. How excellent. Psalm 36 and verse 7. Say it with me. Psalm 36 and verse 7. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Can you say amen? And it's what you know about him and the kind of love that he loves you with. And the quality of love that he loves you with. And again, we see the word wings, wings, wings. There's a lot about wings, isn't there, in the Bible. The Bible said in Psalm 91, 1 through 4, He that dwelleth, and all those blessings of protection 
that we need so desperately, especially right now. Psalm 91, 1 through 4, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God. In Him will I trust. Surely He will deliver thee from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. He will, oh, here it is, He will cover thee with His feathers. And under his wings shalt thou trust, for his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. There's a word I don't have time today, but someday we will study. It's an old covenant word, but it's about the person of God, not just the power of God. It's about the person of God and not just the promise of God. And in order to receive the promise, you've got to trust the person. So God first wants to introduce himself to you. Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. In a way that you can begin for the finite to begin to comprehend the infinite. Jesus was practical. His love was personal and practical. Hallelujah. And God's love is personal and it's practical. And when we see how excellent the loving kindness we used to sing it as part of a psalm. Thy loving kindness is better than life. Thus will I praise thee. Thus will I bless thee. How excellent is what? Thy loving kindness. Now, we're power-oriented people, and I don't want to lose that. I just want to balance it. We sing about the blood. We sing about the power of the blood. Thank God there's power in the blood. But if it wasn't for the person... Who shed the blood. Amen. If it wasn't for the person. Who shed the blood. We would have access to the power. And blessing. And benefit of the blood of Jesus Christ. So God wants you to know him. He wants you to know him. That's why when Paul prayed for the church at Ephesus. He said I bow my knee. To the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of whom the whole host of heaven is named. And pray that he would grant unto you, everybody say Holy Spirit, the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Hallelujah. That's the foundation for your faith. That is the, the, the building block. That's where it all begins. Praise God. Does he have enough power to help you? Sure. Does he love you enough to release it? That's the crisis point of faith. That's where it's going to tip one way. It's going to tip the other way. See what we're doing. We're, we're not going to pray and then try to believe. We're going to believe when we pray. Because we're going to know God so well. I keep talking about in our, in our Let's Talk About Jesus broadcast. I keep talking about the floodgates of heaven coming open. Prove me herewith. It's not about money transaction. It's about obeying God and trusting that when we do, he's going to be faithful. Amen. Can you say, man, hallelujah, put me to the test. He's never failed the test. We just don't have enough faith to put him to the test. Doubt and unbelief won't test God. What tests God is when we take a stand upon his word. Amen. Hallelujah. He said, I watch over my word to perform it. 
He said, I'm so careful about that that not one jot or tittle of my word is going to fail. A jot and a tittle. Everybody say a comma and a period. Come on. I mean, that's detail. Amen. It's very similar. A jot and a tittle, a comma and a period. Those little seemingly not that significant. He said it's significant if I'm saying it and I watch over my word. Hath he not said it? And shall he not do it? And you know what causes him to do that? It's something in him. And don't get me started on this. Don't amen. Hold it back. Hold it back if you possibly can. Sure, he said, I can do it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But you could do it. Listen, in the person of God, you want to do a Bible study sometimes, you want to take a Hebrew word and run it. It's going to tell you about the person, who he is, and why. Mercy, grace, loving kindness, deliverance, healing, everything that flows from this part of his person, who he is. H-E-S-E-D. That's how it's spelled. H-E-S-E-D. But it's pronounced Hasid. 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 Rendered most of the time loving kindness. But it is a divine agape love that produces the grace and mercy that sent Jesus to the cross, that held him to the cross. It was in the Father's heart at the foundation of the world. Can you say, man, for the people he was going to create? Thank God for the Hasid of God. Hallelujah. Praise God. What, what, what brought such, such hope? To Jeremiah when he had preached a lifetime and no one listened and the sure judgments of God had come in the land and God's people who he wanted to nurture and bless and keep and protect are now being hauled off to Babylon he said when I consider this and I see the consider the wormwood and the gall my soul is crushed within me but this I recall to mind. It's something he knew about God. Therefore have I hope. Thy mercies are new every morning. And you know what? The, what Mercy, Hasid. It's all about that part of God's holy character. This agape divine love that he has for his creation. And for you, and how excellent is thy Hasid, thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust. It's easy to believe when you accept how you are loved and who you are loved by. In fact, we're supposed to be rooted and built up in Jesus, and we're supposed to be grounded in his love. We're supposed to understand with all saints, the scripture said, what is the length, the breadth, the depth, and the height. That's the description of the Hasid of God. This part of him that loves so personally and powerfully that he would give his son that Jesus would stay on the cross and take your place and mine. 
Hallelujah. And Paul put it this way. In the logic of the cross, I call it in Romans 8. He said, if he loved us enough to give us his only begotten son. If he loved us enough. Don't wait on a feeling when we have a fact to put our faith in. We're power people. I love the presence of God. I pray before this service is over, I will and you will experience the presence of God. But the presence of God is not the same as the person of God. And your faith doesn't rest in how you feel at a given time. When I'm in my deepest, darkest valleys, going through my toughest trials, I don't feel the presence of God. And my mind will say, where were you when I needed you the most? I mean, when I shouted and ran around the church building, I could use some of that right now. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? You know where he is? He's where he said he would be. Right by our side. He draws near when we are wavering. And when you don't feel him, you still have to have faith in his love for you. When the circumstances scream, if God loved you, he wouldn't let this happen. You have to know that he loves you no matter what is happening in your life. Paul said there's nothing. And he's included the whippings and the beatings and the stonings and the things he went through. He said there's nothing. There is nothing. There is nothing. See, he was into the person so deeply that no temporal circumstance could tell him or convince him otherwise concerning how much God loved him. There's nothing. No angel, no principality, no death, life, any other thing, no circumstance that will ever separate me from the love of God that is in Jesus Christ. Can you say amen? You want to know how he stood all of that until kept the victory? Because nothing could convince him that God didn't love him with that kind of love. Amen. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire, when you pray. You don't try to get the faith after you pray. You get the faith before you pray. So when you pray, you cannot doubt but believe. Whatsoever things you ask in prayer, believing, what happens? What happens? I'm not saying you are receiving or I'm receiving. I'm saying what is supposed to happen? If it's in, if it's in His Word, if it's in His will, what happens? Whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe. When you're praying. That means as soon as you say, Amen. How many know what Amen means? Be it unto me according to your word. Can you say, man, you ought to seal your prayer with be it unto me according to your word. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, then you don't fret after that. Don't worry after that. Don't doubt after that. Don't question after that. Believe. Amen. Your mind, my mind, don't, don't whine about it. What? Why can't I whine? 
Because they murmured. They whined. He brought them out of Egypt. He showed them His glory. He destroyed an army like a mother hen robbed a mother hen mother mother bear robbed of her whelps. Amen. Mother hen robbed of her baby bears. <laughs> mother hen don't play. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. They murmured. And did you know if it wasn't for a type of the cross in the old covenant, they would have died. Because of their murmuring. Because it was their murmuring that allowed thousands of snakes to enter the camp, poisonous snakes, and bite every one of them. And without God's antidote, they would have died in the wilderness. They were whining. In fact, he had to shut them up. So he could deliver them from the army that was chasing them. Before he told Moses to hold out his rod, he told Moses to tell everybody to hush up. Moses, what shall we do? I don't blame them. They camped. There was a, Pharaoh's entire army was chasing them. After they came out of Egypt, he thought about it and said, kill them, kill them all. And his entire army, which is the largest standing army of that historical setting, was after these unarmed people out in the desert, in the middle of nowhere, in the wilderness rather, up against the Red Sea. No place to go, no place to hide, no weapons to fight with. And the only reason they didn't catch up with them, the sun went down. They had to camp overnight with their back against the Red Sea. And they looked... And they could see the campfire of thousands. I'm sorry. Somebody's hurt. Uh oh. He's good and his mercy endures forever. And he had it in front of our door so we could minister to him the love of God. Excellent. Is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. Praise God. I long to show you the extent of my love, the full extent of my love by manifesting myself to you when you call upon me. I need faith on your part. You already have love and faithfulness on my part that this may occur. For I want to do good unto my children. I want to keep you. I want to protect you. I want to put you on display that the world may know that I have a people and that you are my people and that you have a God and I am your God, saith the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. 
I don't want to be healed so I can watch TV without pain. Don't get me wrong. I love it when God heals me and I'm not in that pain or that sickness or that discomfort. But I represent a great king. I represent a good God. I represent a faithful God. Can you say amen? Hallelujah. And I want to walk in victory so that he can receive the glory that should be his and his alone. You know what? A shepherd is judged by the condition of his sheep in all of those ancient lands. Can you say amen? I said a shepherd is judged by the condition of his sheep. If he's losing sheep to the lion and to the bear, he is not a good shepherd. If his sheep are sick and they have festering wounds on them that are unhealed, he is not a good shepherd. If he takes them to graze where there are poisonous vipers, he is not, and they are bitten by the snakes and killed, he is not a good shepherd. But if the sheep are safe in his fold, hallelujah, if the sheep are well cared for and well fed, if the sheep, hallelujah, that are under his watch care, praise God, amen, are not destroyed by predators and are not sick with can I tell you something about Psalm 23? Thank you. Praise the Lord. He anoints my head with oil. <laughs> he anoints my head with oil. This is from a shepherd's perspective. This is not Pentecostal seeing power. This is a person who wants to heal what is hurt in his sheep and in his people. They would take the herbs that would heal. If a, if a sheep got a cut, an abrasion on its head, the flies would lay eggs in it, maggots would get in it, infection would set up, and if it wasn't healed, the sheep would die. The shepherd would take the healing herbs, he would clean the wound, and oil was to transfer the healing herbs to the wound, to put them on it and hold them there. Wow. And he anoints my head with oil. And when we pray for the sick, what did James say to do? What did he say to do? He said, anoint them with oil. It's not the oil, but it's a type of the God who wants to heal the hurt and the wounds of our life, the sickness, the heartache, the heartbreak, all of the wounds. Praise God. Oil and wine is poured into the wounds to heal the man that fell among thieves. Can you say man? Hallelujah. So he anoints my head with oil means that the shepherd comes personally and he takes and mixes the oil with the healing balm and he puts it on the head and it's his own hand we lay our hands as a type and foreshadow but the healing is really not in us it's in him but he said if you do this as an act of faith and you receive it by faith god will reach forth his hand and he will raise you up the lord will the lord not Ernest Angley, the lord not Robert Venable, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord, not Kenneth Copeland, the Lord will raise them up. So we don't glorify the preacher. Hallelujah. We give honor to the God who heals. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Isn't he a good God today? Everybody say Hasid. 
How many want to do a study sometime on the hot seat of God? Because loving kindness is not, it's just one of the many myriad of loving things, divine agape stuff that comes from the person who has created you and set, the Bible said he set his love upon you. When he made a covenant with Israel, it wasn't just a legal contract. Don't ever see it as that because there's no Hasid in it. And you can't have God without Hasid because it's who he is. Amen. Amen. We've known and believed the love that God has for us. Why? Because God is love. Everybody say Hasid. Hallelujah. Praise God. I feel him here today. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. I'm, I'm shouting today before this service is over. It's already begun in me, but, but I'm leaving here with knowledge. I'm not just shouting for the sake of shouting. I'm shouting over something I know about God. Can you say amen? I know how excellent his loving kindness is. Amen. Therefore, I put my trust under the shadow of his wings. Praise God. And God has not failed me. I'm 72 and I'm, I'm like David. I'm young. I was young. Believe it or not, I was young. <laughs> and I got, I got pictures to prove it. I was young. And now, I can't put it off anymore. It's okay. You know the best thing about getting old? Getting old. <laughs> Amen. A lot of people didn't make it at my 50th class reunion I read the obituary and I read names of some of my dear friends and I didn't even know they had passed already and as I read it I began to choke up and I looked out at those of us and we all all of us gray-haired people or salt and pepper gray or uh, you know all of us people sitting in that audience from class of night what kind of people what do you say what do you say colored oh colored hair <laughs> Mikey, Mikey, Mikey. Okay. I just hope I live long enough to see it turn. <laughs> Hallelujah. Don't, 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 don't. Okay. You got a gray beard. You can't say nothing. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I thought you were talking about other stuff. You know why I'm so excited today? Because I'm still getting to know him. Yes. Used to be a song, it was part of a musical, and I'm not really into those musicals, but I remember I was I took chorus in my in my high school experience because it was an elective. And I figured, you know, if I just mouth the words <laughs> and don't even sing, I get out of some class where I would have to do something. But, you know, we had a good, good teacher, and they coaxed me to, to actually sing as part of a group. And, and we, we got to where it began to sound good. But, you know, I was dating Pamela back in the 10th grade. I was already heavy into dating Pamela. And I quit, you know, I didn't go out for football. I played junior varsity football. I didn't go out for football. 
You went to the concert. You heard us sing. But I always thought of Pamela. I have often walked down the street before. But the pavement always it coaxed it out of me. I mean to tell you, I talk about a super crush. <laughs> Amen. Some of you, some of you don't know what it is to experience God's love. Amen. But friend of mine, I couldn't get it out of my mind. And I thought, listen, God said, I will not only will I not forget you, but I will, ins- I will inscribe you on the palms of my hands. Soldiers didn't have photographs when they went to war and they went into battle. And you know what? They would put the names of their loved ones and scribe them on the palms of their hands. They wanted to make sure that, that their loved ones knew and that they knew, I will never forget you. Can a mother forget her suckling child? There's a lady in Polk County that put her toddler in boiling water and killed her. They found a, a newborn in a trash bin. It, they found in, in Disney World in a commode a woman that had a baby and left it in the commode. And they got it out and it lived. Can a mother forsake her suckling child? Yea, she may. But I will never forget you. I will never forget. is because of, of who he is. Praise God. It's not about the power that he releases. It's about the person that he is. So you can count on him releasing the power when you need it. Can you say man? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. They that do know their God. So I'll give you shepherds after my own heart. They will feed you with knowledge and understanding. Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom, nor the mighty man his might. Amen. Nor the rich man his riches, but he that glorieth, let him glory in this, that he knows and understands me, saith God, that I am the Lord that executes justice and mercy in all of the earth. For in these things, because of his seed. I delight. So along with, with being a God of justice, he's also a God of mercy. And that's why he's, a, he's just and a justifier of them who put their trust in Jesus. Because justice was served at the cross for you and for me. Hallelujah. And it's all because of the person. And that's why Paul said... I bow my knees to the Father of the Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole host of heaven and earth is named, that he would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, that you might know what is the hope of your calling, and that you might know what is the riches of his inheritance in the saints, and that you might know the power to usward who believe, which he wrought, that you might know this for yourself personally. Can you say, man, the power to usward who believe, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead. I want you to know the same power in your own life, because it's to usward who believe. Every believer is a candidate. That's why he said, you shall receive power. What kind of power? The same kind that raised Jesus from the dead. After the, Not just power to talk in tongues, but power to overcome. The world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. Everybody say the world, the flesh, and the devil. Hallelujah. Woo! 
Wow. Say it backwards. Wow. Hallelujah. Amen. I wish I could give you a joy injection today. I just wish you were in a relationship with him so the joy of the Lord could strengthen you. How excellent is thy loving kindness. Laying in the emergency room, wrapped up in God's love. I was ready to go home. My eyes were big because I'd never just about died before. (laughs) Amen. What a rush. It's different from the roller coaster. Amen. Guys would get big on that too, but this is entirely different. I was ready to go home. I was willing to go home. I told my wife very clearly as I could say it. If I'm going to, because of this stroke and because of the paralyzed part of me, if I'm going to be paralyzed the rest of my life, I would rather just go on home. I would rather just go on home. Because I know to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. Amen. So I'm ready for that event. when I know what's going to happen when it comes. Because it almost happened twice in my life. Hallelujah. But to know God loves you enough to wrap you up. That you can trust him through the darkest night. It's not. See, here's a misquoted scripture because we, we're not convinced of this. If you're not convinced of this, it will do you no good. All things work together for good. No, no, no. If you're not absolutely convinced of that through knowledge that comes by revelation, that God would grant unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. Without that revelation, there's no realization. Without the realization, it's head knowledge and it has no value in the time of trial and test. Do you understand the difference in quoting a scripture without an understanding of how much you have to know about God for it to work for you? It doesn't say all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. It said, for we do know. Casual reading, carnal reading of the Scripture will not bring knowledge, only the Holy Spirit. When you come here, you're going to hear something, not just something prepared through, you know, that Brother Venable said, this this is good, I'm going to bring that. No, I'm going to pray. I'm going to subject myself to God. I'm going to make my tongue the pen of a ready writer. I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak to me that he might speak through me. And he knows who's not going to be here and the message is not for them yet. They can hear it if they want online. But he knows exactly who's going to be here. And he's going to address you personally. He that hath an ear... And that's why you're here. You you want the truth. You want the Holy Spirit to say something to you personally. You don't want a cut and dried church service. You want God to challenge you and change you. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the church. And the reason I speak so long is because he has so much to say. Blame him, not me. Pretty slick getting out of it, wasn't it? It's the truth, but it's the truth. 
Wouldn't it be something if I just stood up here and monotoned every every time you come in and I you know, you're this and I talked about peripheral stuff instead of the core issues? If you get in your if you get in the if you get in your Bible, the Holy Spirit wants to show you something. When He, the Spirit of Truth, come, He'll guide you into all truth. The Word of God is a lamp to your feet; it's a light to your pathway. Praise God! Hallelujah! If I can find my glasses, we'll, we'll, we'll worship and go celebrate Mother's Day today. I'd like to compliment my wife's hair today. Amen. Not just because it's Mother's Day, it's our anniversary week. This is our 56th anniversary week. We're, I'll be available to you by cell, and I've got to take care of my doggy and stuff, but uh, I'm gonna, you know we're going to be kind of uh, on, a, on a romantic interlude right here in the city. We're going to, a, to, a, to, a, to somewhere in the city. <laughs> that was a warning. Don't tell where we're going. Don't tell where we're going. Lake that was the requirement. Lakefront, pretty and peaceful. Well, there's a lake. She's pretty, and if I just don't say much more, it's gonna be peaceful, right? Fist bump, fist bump all the way. You you know what I'm talking about. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why why are you, why are you so why are you so light this morning? I'm light because I'm loved. If he loved us enough to give us his only begotten son, I think it's thirty first verse of John chapter eight or thirty second. If he loved us, did he love us that much? Hallelujah. Then then he's showing you something about his heart of hearts. Hallelujah. About his character, about his nature. He has power, but he is love. Hallelujah. Praise God. And 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 the Bible said love. This a divine agape hasid. This this kind of divine love bears all things, believes all things, endures all things, never fails and never ends. I can see the excitement. You see, when you're going through trouble and your emotions take over, that is where the doubt enters in. Your natural feelings transcend the truth that you should know. So it doesn't say, does it? It doesn't say all things work together for good to them that love the Lord. You've got to know that. And you've got to know it beyond your circumstances and your feelings and your emotions. For we walk by faith and not by sight or by the five natural senses that tell you everything about this physical world, but nothing about the spiritual realm or the kingdom of God or the God of the kingdom. For we, can I quote it in context? Romans 8, verse 30, 31, for we do know that all things work together for good. If you don't know that, it won't help you just to quote that when the pressure is on and your heart is breaking and the circumstances scream, if God loved you, then you wouldn't allow this to happen to you. 
you'll question his love. And the moment you start questioning his love, doubt will enter your heart. And when doubt enters your heart, you become the circumstances now in control. Let him ask in faith, nothing wavering. For he that wavereth is like the wave of the sea driven by the wind and tossed. Let, let not that man expect to receive anything from God. Why? Because there is no faith toward him on our part. There's faithfulness toward us on his part. But there's no faith to receive it on our part. And God wants you to have faith to receive. He wants you to be a fat, fluffy sheep. Amen. He wants you to be protected. He don't want the enemy tearing at you. He loves you. You have a covenant. And it's a better covenant than David had. And David, oh, it's all, oh, we got 15 minutes to worship and finish this. Listen. And David, David under the old covenant, under the old covenant, everybody say Psalm 103. What shall I render unto God for all of his benefits unto me? <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. What shall I render unto God? David is going to answer that rhetorical question in Psalm 103. Praise God. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. And how much? How much you got? Is that all you got? I want to say that some Sunday mornings. I want to ask you, is that all you got? No, because there's people that get the right curtain on let's make a deal. That's got more than a lot of Christians on Sunday morning. More the enthusiasm, more gratitude, more joy over an automobile. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if you should have joy. If God, if God gives you through somebody a new automobile, you ought to love that. I mean, not love it, you know, in the wrong kind of love, but you ought to. Would you enjoy it? He giveth us all things richly to enjoy. Is that all you got? Is that all you got for God? Well, I'm going through this. I'm going, well, what did he do for you on the cross? Does that have any impact at all? Any place at all? Does your personal experience of hurt or heartache or heartbreak or discouragement transcend his suffering on the cross? How did that get that place in our life? Should we leave it there? Should we say, this is just the way that I am? God wants to change us. God wants a praise on Sunday morning. We used to sing it. We bring the sacrifice of praise. And some people are so into themselves. <laughs> That's why they're so discouraged all the time. Because it's poor, poor, pitiful me. And I've been there. And I may get there again. Valleys get deep and they get dark. And my flesh rises up when I'm in those valleys. How about yours? But when I remember all you've done, when I remember the giving of your son, I can't help but praise your name. And I can't help but worship you for all you've done. Laying aside every sin and the weight that does so easily beset you. And let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking 
unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. Consider him. This is how we're to look to Jesus. Consider him that suffered such a great contradiction of sinners against himself. Everybody say, dying on the cross for me. Lest you become weary and faint in your own mind. You see, when the focus is off of me and my problems, me and my pain, me and my heartache and heartbreak, and it's on him suffering and dying for me, I can't help but praise him. So what shall I render to God for his benefits? And these are old covenant benefits. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that's in me, and forget not his benefits. Who forgiveth all thine iniquities. Who healeth all thine diseases. <laughs> who satisfies thy mouth with good things. So that thy youth is renewed like the eagles. Hallelujah. Who delivers thy soul from destruction. Praise God. You know what? That's the old covenant. And we have a better covenant. Established on better Promises for the blood of Jesus speaks of better things than that of bulls and goats. Can you say, man, that means we ought to be blessing the Lord even greater than David blessed the Lord under the old covenant. So God looks at the Sunday morning audiences across America and said, is that all you got? Is this it? Is this it? When the saints go dragging in. Is that it? Where's the praise? Where's the worship? Where's the joy? Where's the delight? Delight thyself in the Lord and what's going to happen? He'll give you the desires of your heart. Hallelujah. Where's the dance? Come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. Enter his gates with an attitude of gratitude. In his gates with thanksgiving that opens the door to his presence. Can you say, man, thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Lord. In everything, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Hallelujah. And for everything. And that doesn't mean for cancer. And it doesn't mean for the devil and his dirty work in your life. It means for all of those things that God has given you. Hallelujah. Give thanks. Praise God. Enter his gates with thanksgiving. This is that open door to the presence of God. Enter his courts by expressing that thanksgiving with the calves of your lips. Enter his courts with praise. We're past the gates. We're in the courts. Oh, now we want to come even closer. Amen. Come before his presence with singing. Hallelujah. How many are ready to sing today? Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel like Paul this morning who said to Christians of his generation when he was in chains and in prison, he said, I wish you were all together like I am except for these chains. Can you say, man, I wish you knew Christ like I know Christ. I wish you had peace like I have peace. I wish you had joy like I have. Because even in these chains, I love him. I'm going to serve him. For I know that all things, including the chains and the prison, are working together for good because I love the Lord and I am the call according to his purpose. Hallelujah. 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 
Glory to God. Hallelujah. Well, I got something out of this. I don't know. I almost had a Holy Ghost breakdown. Hallelujah. 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 Praise God. Praise God. How excellent is thy loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the sons of men put their trust under the shadow of thy wing. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Father, we praise you. We praise you. We praise you. We praise you. My God is awesome. Let's let's sing that before we go home today. Amen. Hallelujah. If you have an opportunity to get on your computer and you want the word of God, there's a 30-minute broadcast. We're talking about seven reasons or hindrances to answer prayer. God wants to answer prayer. He wants to be known as a good shepherd. He wants to, the world to know that he has a people. And he wants the world to know that you have the true and the living God. Hallelujah. And when he answers prayer, that becomes self-evident. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Let's give him praise in this song today. My God is awesome.